This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis. Today, I'm going to be talking about David, King David, and Absalom, his son. Absalom was King David's third son. His mother was a Gentile named Maha, the daughter of Talmai, king of Gezur. Maha was David's third wife and was given to David by King Talmai as a promise of alliance. Absalom grew up in turbulent times in David's life. I doubt he got much attention, the attention that he needed from a loving father, but David did love Absalom. The Bible is clear to say that. As Absalom grew older, he became an advisor to his father. This kind of puzzles me, because I don't think that this young man was giving King David much advice. I think it was more of a position, probably a pseudo-position. Meanwhile, one spring, David neglects his duties as king of Israel. While the armies of Israel go out to fight against their enemies, David stays in his palace, and eventually he gets bored. And you know the story. He takes another man's wife, sleeps with her, and then kills her husband. This is a true disaster for David. Some time goes by, and God sends the prophet Nathan to David and tells him a story paralleling David's sinful deeds. David is filled with rage towards this fictitious evil man. Then let me read Second Samuel 12. 7 through 12. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you all of Israel and Judea. And if all that had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you. Before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, and he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Notice the sins. Number one, God makes it very clear that he despised his word, God's word. And then it says he despised him himself. So David despising, all this despising of the word of God and God himself led him to take another man's wife and have her husband killed. The root of this sin here is that David despised God's word. And God kind of connects these two together. God's word is the same as himself. So if we despise God's word, we are actually despising God himself. David rejected God's commands, thought of God's words as useless 
and then acted in a very selfish way. Now, we all know that David had a very tender heart, but he was not doing what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to be out fighting the enemies of Israel, but he was not doing that. He left himself at the palace and led himself into temptation. David repents immediately, but the future is set. David will pay heavily for his sins. This is a lesson for all of us, and it reminds me of Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. People have mistakenly called this karma. It is not karma, some invisible force. It is the law of God. In 2 Samuel chapter 13, we have the start of the fulfillment of the prophecy that Nathan gave to David. David's oldest son, Amnon, rapes his half-sister, who happens to be Absalom's sister. Mistake number one, David, though furious about this, does nothing to discipline Amnon. And because of the lack of punishment, Absalom becomes bitter and eventually kills Amnon. Absalom flees to his grandfather's uh, Telmei, who is king of Gasur. Remember, Absalom's mother was given to David to keep the peace between the kings. Absalom stays with his grandfather for three years. Now, I suspect during these three years that King Talmai wanted his grandson to become king of Israel. And it's my thought that he was coaxing him into some sort of mutiny. This would be a good thing for Talmai and his kingdom, because then he would really have rule over Israel, too, through his grandson. In the eyes of the Israelites, if Absalom returned, he faced the death penalty. But through some evil counsel, David agrees to have Absalom return to Israel. But David does not want to see him, and there's no repentance. Two more years pass by. Absalom becomes wearisome of his secondhand status. Remember, he was the king's son, maybe up for king. Probably uh, so. There was one more son in front of him. He wanted to see his father, King David. Another mistake. Without repentance, David accepts Absalom back into his good graces. Absalom was a handsome man, the Bible tells us. And I imagine that he was a pretty dynamic communicator. During the next four years, he takes this opportunity to work a subversive campaign to become king. He undermines his father, working at grass, at a grassroots level, and he wins the hearts of the people. He's telling the people that he's a better judge than his father. He's telling the people that he would be available for the people, and King David wasn't available. Absalom gets enough of a grip on the nation that he declares himself king. Interestingly, David and his officials run as soon as Absalom declares himself the king. I think David knew this is the fulfillment of the prophecy. And 
He provided no resistance. So let's talk about David just a little bit more. Let's go to Acts 13, 22. And in here, the writer is telling us what God says about David. It says, After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testifies concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything that I want him to do. So with that and and the little bit that we've uh, talked about, we see that David had faith. Trial after trial, even in danger of his very life, David trusted God. When Saul was chasing him down and trying to kill him and several times threw a spear at him, uh, David ran and he had a chance to kill Saul, but he would not do it. Saul, uh, David had faith. Now, repentance. As soon as David was caught, he repented very quickly, wasting no time he confessed his sin. He was also humble. When Absalom stole the kingdom, he said, if God favors me, he will bring me back. David was completely dependent on God. He didn't fight Absalom. David was a worshiper. Remember, worship is speaking of God's worth. David wrote many of the Psalms that we have today, and he worshiped God. Israel worshiped God with these Psalms for for centuries, and we even today as Christians use many of the Psalms to worship our God. So David had a lot going for him. He made a big mistake, but God is gracious. Meanwhile, Absalom and those who defected from David became began to plan to kill David. Can you imagine? The son is ready to kill the father. Absalom was completely taken over by the lust for power. I'm not sure what type of relationship he had with his father as a youngster or as a young man. Nevertheless, Absalom was out for blood. The bitterness and hatred had completely taken him over. At the advice of his counselors, Absalom lies with David's concubines on the rooftop of the palace, just as the Lord said, in broad daylight. David would be mocked, and his authority was overthrown. David has a few people who are still loyal to him in the palace with Absalom. They're kind of like spies. And he, they are helping to confuse Absalom, and Absalom makes some bad decisions. A few days pass, and Absalom goes after his father. The fight ensues. The long story short is that Absalom is killed. Absalom's sin catches up with him. He's killed in the fray. It's kind of an interesting way that he dies. He's riding on a donkey, and he's caught by a branch, and he's hung up in that branch uh, by his hair, hanging by his hair. And the Bible tells us that uh, he had beautiful hair and very, very thick hair. So uh, a man comes up, one of the soldiers comes up and kills him. So what have we learned from these disasters? I think the main thing is that God will not be mocked. Whatever we sow, that is what we're going to reap. And sin has penalties, even for a faithful man like David. Faithfulness has its reward, but sin does 
catch up with us. Listen to Romans 8, 5 through 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So let's take a quick look at that. If we sow to the Spirit, if we're obedient to the Spirit, reading God's Word and hearing the Spirit of God in our lives and obeying that, that is going to bring us life and peace. But if we sow to our flesh and and let our flesh do the things that it wants to do, that is going to sow in our lives death. Now, I think we all understand that we now have the opportunity to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I think as times get tough in our world, that it becomes more and more important. So if we take the time now to spend the time with the Lord, be uh, fluent in the Word of God, and do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, then when the tough times come, we will be able to hear the Holy Spirit much better. But if we're kind of lazy during this time, especially right now, it seems that there's a little bit of a lull going on right now, and um, although there's all kinds of bad stuff going on, but there seems to be this little lull going on. And if we get lazy now, when the next uh, day of evil comes towards us, we will be wanting to be able to hear the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be tough. So now's the time. Listen for God's voice. Know his word. Be obedient to the Spirit. Amen. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift our hearts and our hands to you, and we ask you, Lord, help us to be obedient. Help us to hear Holy Spirit. Help us to know your word, and we pray for your anointing so that, Lord, we can be pleasing to you and ready when the fight is on. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org.